search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Hey everyone, welcome to another Broken by Concept episode, episode 43. As you can see, I'm still here with Nathan yet again. I don't know who I'm here with. And this is not Curtis. What do you say? <laughs> There's nothing to say. My name's Jimmy McGill. He's got an, it's, it's the, it's the Broken by Concept with Nathan, Coach Nathan, Nathan Mott and Jimmy McGill. This is, it's not Coach Curtis anymore, it's Apprentice Curtis. Yeah. I feel like I'm with like some sort of ten year old kid or something, dude. <laughs> so, so you know, it's hilarious. So I was, um, I, you know, I just wanted to change things up a bit. What do Give you it a say? shave. What do you say? I'm gonna grow it back. Don't Explain worry. Explain yourself, Curtis. Well, why did you remove your beard? I like that. To- I feel like the touch is gone. You know, you know the Coach Curtis touch. <laughs> dude, I was growing my channel without a beard. I grew my channel without a beard. So That's a lot true. of people no, saw no, me no, no, without no, no, a beard, no, no, no. But but you weren't Coach Curtis then. I was evolving. You know what I mean? It's like right. you've become Coach Curtis. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like when you like... So people see my face. Yeah. And they're like, with, the, with beard, the beard. And then that's like Coach Curtis. No one remembers Coach Curtis. So no one beard. knows who I am anymore. No, I'm just right. random. You're basically... I'm just a random on the street. You're a random right now. Okay. That's fine. I'll build back up again. You're starting a YouTube, Start up, YouTube, YouTube channel from YouTube scratch. YouTube channel. Apprentice Curtis. Yeah. Analyst. Maybe I can be an analyst. No, you're an apprentice because you're just in the trainings right. to be a coach. Okay. Um, yeah, just wanted to... Assist, no, assistant coach, Curtis. Assistant, secondary coach. You're the, you're the assistant coach to Curtis. But I just wanted to give it a change. You reckon you just for a while, switch it up. I okay. grow beards pretty quick anyway, so I'll grow it up back. But yeah, just give it a change. And I was just getting, just getting very annoying to deal with it's like eating food what are the challenges wash- that someone with a beard faces go to it's just like eating foods annoying sometimes certain foods like if you have like like a big burger or something like just anything that's like large or if you're washing your face and like just like little things is annoying but i i mean i did this last time i grew it out and then i shaved it off mm. and then i grew it out again mm. and now it's round two and it's probably gonna be around three and there's gonna be around four you know and I, I like it because I just see my face. I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, that's me. That's Curtis. But, but you know what's interesting? So I have um, the face ID recognition on my girlfriend's phone. Mm-hmm. And the, when I registered that, I had the beard. And then when I shaved it off, I, I couldn't open her phone anymore. You wouldn't recognize you. didn't recognize me. No, I don't recognize you. I don't blame the technology. Yeah. yeah. I didn't recognize myself. Too. I'm like, who is this in the mirror? It's not me anymore. Um, but anyway, enough about my facial hair. We're doing a Questions Bonanza show today. Bonanza. Questions Bonanza. The show where we answer all your questions. Solve every problem. We solve... We're like... Um, what are we, Nathan? When, what's what, an analogy for what's what we an do? Analogy like, what are we doing right now? What are we doing? Are we like pest control? Pest control? Yeah, so there's a problem. Uh, so you, you call up the thing. Call up like, the, you call them up saying, look, we've got a problem. We've got a pest. We've got like cockroaches or something and then we come in our hazmat suits are we calling our listeners cockroaches guys? no their problems are pests you got know? it so the so the 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 they're like the okay. innocent homeowner they're the people that call you up yeah saying, yeah they're I the innocent homeowner in you house. know and they've got kids yeah. and like you know they're just trying to get the shit sorted and then um we got a problem in the back yeah we got a van we rock up in the van <laughs> 
<laughs> and then we, we fix the problem. We spray it down. Dude. We spray it down. That's a good one. Dude. We get into the nooks and crannies. We get that's we get into the nooks and the, that's the invisible narratives. We're spray, yeah, trying to like spray in them between out. the fridge and stuff. Yeah. Like in between the oven, like yeah. all those little those little crevices. And sometimes we go to our house where there's just a mother load. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's a nest, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those those are the big. Sometimes we get those type of questions. Yeah. Know? Yeah, dude. Even with our own coaching, we would have that as well, right? So, do I just Nathan's mailbag right now? Because it's just a gigantic Nathan's mailbag. Yep. Why not? Or do you want to? Or you mean put in the jingle now? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Oh. Welcome back, and hopefully you enjoyed the jingle. <laughs> um, we're still here, unfortunately. All right, should we start with our first question yep. today, Curtis? Let's kick it off. All right, so this is from Co. What, Co? Co. Oh, I know Co. You know Co. I think he's in, my, think he's in the Midland Academy. Oh, maybe we've answered this question before. Oh, by the way, uh, housekeeping. Mm. So I was going because I was going through the questions for this episode. If you've sent in a question before, because what I'm going to do now, I'm pretty much going to do a refresh. Yep. So if, you say, if you've sent in a question before and it hasn't been answered, send it again. And like, I'm starting from scratch again because there's so much stuff buried, dude. We've got right, so many buried emails. stuff. Okay, so you're dude, I, everyone who hasn't had their question yeah. answered before, you're, we're going to delete the inbox yeah. and then refresh. Yeah. Holy moly. Because I, I fucked up the the organization of things, to be honest. Okay. Like I, you know, you've I mean? opened all of it. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, like some some episodes I dragged into the questions answered folder, and some ah. episodes I f- I we were just busy. Like I was like had to go or something like that, right. so I didn't, and I've just lost track. Right. Okay. I swear to God, we've got like fifty questions buried, dude. They're like probably bangers, dude. You okay. know what I mean? Okay, that's fair enough. So resend them in, and we'll start from scratch again. That's broken by concept show at gmail.com. There's going to be a, a uh, isn't it for every episode? There's like a link. In the, yeah, it's uh, in the, the description. description of the YouTube video. That's right, in the YouTube video. So, because um, oh, so you know what I think I've noticed as well is that so since we 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 popped off on some Reddit thread, right? Random, we didn't even know about it. Someone linked it, and someone was saying um, about league podcasts, and you know, the number one comment was like the Broken by Concept podcast, right? I think what has actually happened is I think a lot of people just searched it up because they think podcast Spotify, and they didn't think we had YouTube. I actually think a lot of people don't know that we actually have a YouTube channel. Really? Yeah. I think there's a lot of people because our, our, our listeners on Spotify have spiked, but our YouTube viewers haven't changed. Fascinating. I've actually had a lot of people saying they're catching up. Got it. So they go back and they yeah. watch from like episode one. Got it. Yeah, that It's weird sense. because on our channel, it's like my YouTube channel. Because yeah. Because has like episodes, what, one to four? Yeah, one to four, yeah. And then it's a bit the rest weird. Is, we yeah. should probably, I should probably download them and then put them onto the... Shouldn't we? Well, there's a big playlist anyway, right? We've got a playlist on oh, the right. YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so send in those questions again. Another housekeeping thing. This is my request to you BBCers. Wait, did I say this last episode? I think I did. Actually, you know what we should do? Yeah. I completely forgot. I want to go through the intensity thing. What intensity thing? The spreadsheet that we filled out. Oh, you want to go? I think we should do that now. No, we're committed to the questions, God guys. So we'll do it next time. Well, when we do the intensity? No, we're still going to do more. We're going to do more games. More games. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to do an update. Okay, well, yeah, we're we'll going to do an update from last time. episode, dude. I've only okay. got like, because you haven't even played the game in like the last Yeah, week. I've only got four blocks. But uh, it's an interesting finding so far, though. Yeah, we can discuss next show. Okay. All right, now actually getting into this damn question extravaganza by Co. By Co. So the first one here is from Co. 
The title of this email is called Question for the Podcast, Ranked Anxiety, Question Mark, Lack of Motivation. And I chose this question because I think this is such a common problem for so many people. I'm going to turn off the air conditioner here, honestly. Good work, Curtis. I think we're nice and chilly already in here, yeah? Yeah. Hey guys, I know it's said a lot, but love the podcast. Sorry in advance for the wall of text. Everyone always apologizes. We read it out anyway, Co. But I accept your apology. (laughs) Yeah. Currently, I'm suffering from the problem of just not being able to play many games, specifically ranked games. At the moment, my will to queue up in ranked is incredibly low. Kind of like how some people might feel about going to the gym. I'm struggling a lot with taking that first step of leaving my house to go work out. Although, in this case, I'm struggling to, struggling to just start the queue. But even when I manage to get myself to queue up and get into a game, my stamina for ranked is very low. I find myself only being able to play two, maybe three games before needing to take a break. And usually being done with ranked for the, first, for the day after this one block. I don't understand why I am like this. I think that deep down, I really want to improve and play the game because I love it. I understand that in order to do this, I just need to be playing the game. But with my current problem, I'm getting in so few games that I feel like I'm seriously stagnating the rate at which I am improving. In addition to this, my problem with my lack of stamina seems to be exclusively just for solo queue. I play league with my friends and we just play in norms. But unlike in solo queue, I consistently find myself being able to play five plus games before wanting to get off and do something else or take a break. You know, it's playing with these friends and normal games. So this is my dilemma. I can't pinpoint what is the cause of this. I feel like the obvious solution is just play more ranked. But in my circumstance, easier said than done. Is this potentially some sort of ranked anxiety I may have or a lack of motivation? I'm not sure. I'd like to know your guys' thoughts on this and hopefully I can better direct my intention solving this problem. I want to use an analogy to share my opinion on this one. Okay, use an analogy, Curtis. So when I was a kid, I was really into skateboarding and I used to go to the skate park every weekend, all through primary school, essentially, Um, even up until when I was like 12, 13, basically every weekend. And there was, at the skate park that I went to, there was a series of ramps and um, some were like, there's two types of ramps in a way. There's ones that you, you have to drop into and a drop in is essentially where you put your board on the edge and then you have to like slam it down and you kind of like go down like this very like, kind of like a wave, you know, that, that those wave shaped ramps and they're quite scary to do. And then there's other ramps that are more just like a, like a 45 degree, degree angle. They're kind of just like a normal ramp, like a, like a dry driveway ramp when you're going up into like a, into something. The driveway ramp tire ones are very easy to go through. You know, you go through, even if they're high up, it's not that scary because you don't have to drop in. You just roll in, mm. right? There's like roll in versus drop in. Mm. Um, I remember growing up, drop-ins were terrifying. When you first start skateboarding, dropping in... So is that like you throw the skateboard on the ground and you jump on it? No, no, no. Drop-in is when you're putting like the air... So you're putting like the the two, your like your trucks, like underneath the, the, where the wheel is, where the, the curving is. So on the top of a ramp, right? Oh, sorry. So you yeah, yeah so your ball's like you on go, the edge, and then you put and then you slam you drop, down. Yeah, yeah. You kind of like, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. So man. it's for the first when you first do learn how to drop in, um, it's pretty scary. Yeah, and it, it's it's something that you got to build up a lot of like just just faith, and you got to have a lot of courage. I remember as a kid, I used to be terrified of it. You know, I was like, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And 
my dad, because my dad was into skateboarding, my dad like used to slowly, slowly increase and get build up my courage to like eventually do it. He would hold my hand, so on and so forth. And eventually he would let go and I started going on the smaller ramps. And I'd, once you do it once, you get a feel for it and you get bigger ramps, you got bigger ramps, you get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is that I feel like there's an element of like a leap of faith where once you, and the weird thing is with skateboarding is once you do a ramp once, you will always be able to do it. So, I, for example, there was this ramp that I, I couldn't do for years. It was a really scary ramp. And I went down at once, and then I could do it every time super easily. Like, I was like, oh, wow, that was actually not that bad. I think for Co here, there's, you know, you could call it, I guess, your just amount of sheer will, force of will, or like your discipline or whatever you want to call it. But at some point, he is afraid of, I mean, obviously he is afraid of losing. He's afraid of losing LP. He's fear of failure. He has fear of failure, fear of losing. I, like, just like me when I'm on that ramp. I'm scared of falling off, dude. I'm scared of hurting myself. I'm scared of going down that ramp and hurting myself physically, whereas he's going. He's scared of going down in that experience and falling off, you know, mentally or losing all your LP. Like a more, he's very comfortable in the normal games. because Right, right. And, and, and That's the, the rolling down. The yeah, the games. rolling down, right? The normal games. As anyone could do that. So the so what I'm getting at here is I think he needs to take that leap of faith. He needs to he needs to just go down and look, the small ramps are big ramps. A small ramp might even be, you know, one three game block a day. And then eventually he can work that out to be a two two game blocks a day. And then over time that's gonna be so easy, you're just gonna do that every single time. It's sheer will. Co all he has to do, don't overcomplicate it. It's literally just do it, fail. And you're going to fail and it's going to feel like shit and you're going to fail, you're going to fail. And it's so easy for us to sit here and say that because I know how it feels just like I was on my skateboard as a young kid. But you just got to you just got to make that leap of faith. You've got to have that initial burst of courage and you just got to do it. And you, once you realize how easy it is, you're like, I could have done that all along. You know, I'm such an idiot. But until you have that own, your own epiphany, it's not going to change, man. Mm. That's my take on it anyway. I'll say the the the... What's the, sorry, I was rolling down. What was the other one again? The, the drop in. Drop in. That's the that's exact experience that when I was playing, when I first got into the Challenger games this season, super, I was like literally overcomplicating the games screwing up. And then once I got into it, I was playing a lot more. I was like, oh, this is comfortable. just the level that, you know, it's it's fine. Challenger it's games, fine. you know. Uh, but it was very scary when I first went in them. Yeah, it's terrifying. You know what I think it is for Coe Curtis? So he says that he he loves the game, okay? Does he really? And what part of it does he love? Does he love playing with friends and the maybe more of a social thing? Or does he love the competition improving, facing challenges? I love ranked. I love it. I, do you love normal games? Why not? Just don't feel challenged. It's boring. I just find it boring. I just, I'm not... I know what they're going to do. And no one cares. Mm-hmm. It's more about the fact that people care is what makes it fun. Mm. Yeah, I haven't really thought about why I don't like normal games, but it's just boring. They're just not getting challenged, essentially. Remember when you first started playing League, that, just that fun of just learning things and figuring things out? There's no such thing as three blocks in there. Is no, there? You're, just you're playing. playing like, dude, I'm having so yeah. much fun. You gotta just love it, man. Like, I can't explain how much I love the ranks. The mm. rank system, achieving your goals... I just don't feel like that's there for Co. Well, I think we know, Nathan, that feeling of just being absolutely... You're just 
engaged. Every part of your mind is engaged. That oh. feeling, I love that feeling of league. Just full intensity full league. Intensity. Where you're just popping off. Dude, you're just dominating, man. Yeah. You know? There's not many things that can you're right, beat yeah. that. Look, this is interesting because I actually had a guy, I'm not going to say something, I had a guy quit my Midland Academy, right? Yeah. He wasn't even in there for long. And he said, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm canceling. I'm, I'm actually taking it. I'm quitting league, right? I'm canceling. I'm not playing the game anymore. I got recommended that I shouldn't play. He said, I just don't find it enjoyable anymore, whatever it is. Now, look, I said, yep, yeah, that's fine. Go for it. That's okay. I'm not going to force you to play the game. No one can force you to play the game. If you want to play, you don't find it enjoyable. Then that's it. You, mm. At the end of the day, it's a hobby and you've got mm. to enjoy it. But I got me thinking about it. Right? I was thinking to myself, look, Curtis, sometimes in a weird way, you don't know what you do and don't enjoy about something. Like, cause, okay, let me rephrase this. A part of me thinks that he's not going to be able to enjoy anything he goes into because he's not willing to put himself, expose himself and, and set that challenge mm. and achieve it. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's League of Legends or playing guitar Perfect or Perfect example cooking. is Jim. I Jim. would never think Jim would be as fun as it is for me now. I love mm. it, dude. I love going up. When I first went there, I was like, oh, shit, you yeah. know, you like, how much, how long is it going to take for me to get up weights? Like, am I just going to look like the weakest man on planet Earth, you know, going right. around this gym? But now I'm just loving it, dude, you know? But it's so, if someone didn't push you to do, go that's to the That's exactly right. You wouldn't have got to Found that point. It, yeah. So that's why, I, I, look, I said to him, and I kind of, I don't know if I regret it, but it just is the way, what I said at the moment was, mm. look, I can't, I can't tell you what to do. And I said, if you want to quit, you can quit. I'm not going to tell you to. to yeah, it's to, not your job. It's not as my a coach. job. My job is just to help you maybe get a little. If bit someone better. wants to, if someone wants to learn mid lane and get really good at mid lane, then I'm here. Yeah. If you don't want to play the game, I'm not going to beg you to play the game. There's plenty of other people that want to learn how to play mid lane, right? Mm. But it just you just did get me thinking, you know. And you're right. I think that we got we walk a fine line. Anything. I'm sure Cam um Co here like loves the game, and maybe he can't articulate why it is. Maybe it's purely because, yeah, I mean, League is an amazing game in the sense that it's very complex and it has all these fun interactions and very in-depth and you can play with your friends, so on and so forth. But um, we know that um, a lot of the time the most fun comes from that competitive aspect and the most fun comes from pushing yourself and challenging yourself and setting that impossible goal and having a crack. But um, is, is it our responsibility to say, is it our responsibility to say that? Is it something they need to figure out for themselves or is it something that we need to, you know what I mean? I feel like, do we have that responsibility, Nathan? Is it, is it in our, is it something that we should even talk about? Because a part of me thinks that like, yes, because I could just let that guy go, right? And never say well, that. Well, there has been a lot of people that have messaged and they've, they've had more motivation and and had more fun from listening to, you know, our thoughts and, and experiences in solo mm. So maybe for some people, maybe maybe f not for others I'm, I'm not sure yeah because i just don't know how to look look i don't want to overcomplicate this with curry here because i think it's a simple issue of just he needs to just get out there and do it but um a way okay another way to view it nathan is mm. you got to put yourself out there to first and give something a real crack before you know you like that's or don't right like something. you have to give it a real you crack. have to give that's it a right. real crack like, if you want to if you want to learn guitar you can't just play it like three times be like nah, nah this sucks yeah you gotta have a real crack at it to know if it's something that you do or don't like same with swimming same with soccer same whatever it is 
and look, as long as he's had a real crack at it, and look, you know what? He might actually do what we say. He might get into the, the get into the real. Well, game it could box. just be, and it's like he just doesn't like some parts. Of, so, I mean, I don't know. There is some parts of league that are not the best. You know, it's like yeah. in terms of unpleasant experiments. With I could totally agree. Why, I could totally could totally see sense. why someone wouldn't want to do the solo queue experience. But the idea is, you love it so much that doesn't like that doesn't matter for me. You mm. know, I love it so much. That I don't care if someone AFK is in my game because I didn't camp their lane as a jungler. You know, right. it's like, I understand that's part of the that's experience. That's part of the experience, right. You know? You want to take the good with the bad. Yeah, you got to take with the good with the bad. Yeah. It can't be all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Otherwise, it actually wouldn't even be that as fun as it Yeah, is. I don't think it would be. There'll be there'll be huge flaws in the game if that was the case. Yeah, yeah. The game would be too easy. It'd be too easy in a way. There must be a reason why people are so upset, get so emotionally invested in the game. That's why we love League because right. at the end of the day, people tilt and rage just because they... They're they, super passionate about winning. So passionate right? about winning, you know, yeah. and they hate it that that person's making them lose the right. game for them. Look, but so Tildiada, look, he might be the player that doesn't want to put that effort in, but yeah, at least give it a crack first to know if you, you are that type of crack. person, you know. But yeah, good question. Let us know, Co, how that goes for you, man. Um, I think you. Ha- um, I know that you have me on Discord, I believe. So hit me up, DM me. All right. Next question here is from Stephen. So we've answered a question from Stephen before, okay, a while ago. Hello, you may remember me, Raging Stephen here again. So Raging Stephen. So this was the guy that was the game made him so angry, and he tilted and raged so much that he affected his girlfriend. Remember, made her cry because right. like abusive, you know, relationship and stuff like that because he was so angry about you know league what was going on. So this is Raging Stephen. Okay, checking in here. All right. It was a pretty serious case. Yeah, it was. It was a serious case. Um, also, to give you an update and possibly fuel for future discussions, she was giving us an update, you know, okay. calling herself Raging Steven. I don't think we ever called him Raging Steven. I think no. it's a self-proclaimed title. Yeah, that's a bit toxic, <laughs> but okay. First off, I want to personally thank Curtis and Nathan for providing this awesome content weekly for free. Nothing is more exciting than going to work on Monday morning, but your show always shines some light on my day. I re-listen to your podcast while at work multiple times over, and truthfully, it helps me keep going. I'd like to thank you guys for empowering me to pursue an introspective journey, ending in accountability. At the end of the day, we are all in control of our destiny and are destined to write our own story. There are no tricks to overcoming rage and tilt other than to become mindful. Eastern philosophy sums up uh, all sums up that all suffering is due to attachment or desire. That leads me to my question. Why do we all have a tendency to attach? We attach to rank, a bad play, bad teammates, what someone types, or the dark hidden narratives deep within the catacombs of our minds. Desiring something. Is this attachment to protect our ego, make us feel good, or something else? Personally, I attached to the idea that I was a helpless victim with no control because I could not internalize the idea that I was inferior. Curtis helped me see the light by changing my league paradigm where I interpreted my value as a person as my rank. Just an interesting idea and would love to hear your guys' take on why attaching to the arbitrary and comforting excuses is so common in league. Keep up the good work, and again, thank you. Interesting question. Stephen's done a complete 180, man. We're going from the yeah. raging into the studying Eastern philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Um, what do we reckon here, Curtis? Why do we have a tendency to attach to things? 
Why do we? Well, I think that if we were to go kind of well, look, whenever I try to think about these sorts of questions, I always try to tie it back to like things in history, right? Mm. At the end of the day, we're always trying to make ourselves valuable or at least appear valuable to others because it's in our best interest, right? We want to appear valuable to other people. If you're not valuable, then you're not useful and the tribe kicked out and you die to the lions. Yeah, I mean, you're, if you're valued in your community or you're valued in your tribe or you're valued in your society, you get rewarded in a way, right? So we, I'm, I'm assuming there's some form of attachment in the, in the way that... For two reasons. I think getting attached and obsessed with something is obviously beneficial in certain ways because I truly believe that... Look, this ties into a very high-level discussion, right? But We're going deep. We're going, going deep, deep on the Broken I mean, Black Concept podcast. Look, ideally in society, you would have spe- everyone would specialize in certain areas. And that would be the, that was what, that's what I would love about, you know... It, if I were to have a choice about the way society was structured, everyone would be specialized. And that's what I loved about those small communities or like in history when they talk about it. You know, you have the bread, the, the baker, the shoemaker, you have like the, the blacksmith, the, blacksmith the farmer. The fa- you know, everyone has their role, their role. And, and they all they all kind of specialize in that. So maybe there's some form of thing there in the sense that we are designed in a way to kind of get attached to something specifically so we can hone in on it and get very, very good at something. I don't know. We get obsessed with something and then, that kind of ties into our desire to get good at something because the better you get at something, the more addicted you get to it in a way because you see the complexity, you see the depth of whatever you, that is you're trying to achieve mastery in. But I would also say that um, in terms of attachment to an idea or attachment to uh, the things that you were talking about, I would say that's more purely ego. It is ego protection. Ego protection. So he says we attach to rank a bad play, bad teammates, what someone types, or the dark hitter narratives. Because I think it depends on what you're attached to, but majority of it is pure defense and pure ego protection. We are so good at protecting our ego. Mm. Unbelievably good. Mm. And we're getting better. Humans are getting better and better and better at it because of how judged we are now. Mm. More than ever. We're not just getting judged by the people around us. We're getting judged by thousands and thousands of people on on the the internet. internet. Right, someone like me and you, Nathan, who have YouTube channels and stream or whatever it is, we're getting judged by hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, you know. And for some people, that's terrifying. So we are so good. People, we we have developed. We're developing it at the moment. Like like some for attaching to these identities or attaching to these ideas or attaching to these concepts to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. So we don't just, have just, to. So we just cope. You just know? cope. Yeah, just deal deal with it and mm. have some way to protect ourselves. Mm. Um, but I think that we are weaker. Humans are weaker now than we have ever been because I think that, um, we are, I guess, pushed to be something we're not even from all the way to school, right? At school, you're pushed. You got to be the smartest. You got to be, you got to get the good grades. You got to get the good grades to get the good job to make a lot of money to have a family and blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's, 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 it's always chasing something. Chase, chase. It ties back to that philosophy of, um, remember I sent it to you the other day and you said you used to watch him back in the day when you were young, when you were younger. Oh, Alan Watts. Yeah. Alan Watts, that Alan Watts. And that is kind of Eastern philosophy as well, mm. where, you know, we just chase, chase, chase. Oh, we need this. What that's next. That's next. What, you know, and, and to protect ourselves. And, and, Cause if we were to accept reality, 
or see the reality of the situation. We probably don't even need that. And if I'm just to be present in the moment right now and accept that maybe I am not good enough to get that, maybe that isn't me. That's painful for a lot of people. Because you might have to, you might actually accept reality that I've just wasted the last 10 years of my life. I didn't, I actually never even wanted this. That's why people have like a midlife crisis, right? They get to like mm. 50 mm. and like, holy shit, I've, I've, I've worked this job and I've done this and this and this for, for what? I didn't really want this. I've just been pushed to want this. So I think in order for someone to do that, they had to have had some insane form of ego protection or, or believe in, and fall into some narratives. Where they're attached to some sort of narrative. They're attached they were, to a lot of narratives. Why they were doing what they were doing. Why they were doing it, spot on. So I think it's just in human nature and I think it's getting pushed in every, in every aspect. Um, that's a very, and look, in league specifically, I mean, how would Nathan, would you, how would you push this and tie this to league? I mean, would you say it's just not like all these, you know, blaming teammates? It's all just ego protection at the end of the day, right? Because it's the easy way out. Yoda would, I think Yoda has a quote saying it. Who? Yoda. Yoda, you're right. You know, Star Wars. Yeah. He'd, have, he'd talk about attachment leads to the dark side. Oh, really? Yeah. To what? Attachment to what? Anything. To anything. Just attachment. Money. Money. Power. A relationship. Let's say someone, mm. you break up with that person. Right. That hurts, that doesn't hurts. it? And then you, somebody, you, 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 you could go off the... the the um the cliff off something like that if you're that attached to something right yeah because you just got to let go sometimes you just got to let go right mm. yeah it's interesting i mean that's the key word they let go it's like you got to let mm. go it's like okay what it's like what happened because your goals to get rank one you're attached you would you say you're attached to getting rank one in the sense that like what does that mean what does attach even mean when you think about mm. it because i am i'm actually under the I am, um, so I did a bit of, I used to do quite a bit of reading when it came to philosophy and I've actually come around in the sense that I, I went through the whole loop where I, I was that whole Buddha style. Like yeah. I went through that and I was like, cause I, you know, you read a lot about, um, oh, what's that book I read? Like, is that that Asian philosophy one that I read? And they talk a lot about this style of letting go and and being present and all that sort of thing. But then you have like the different styles of, of philosophy where it's like very logical and taking responsibility and all this stuff. That's like stoicism and, and stuff. And it feels like for me, I, I went through phases and I've come out the other side where I'm thinking now where attachment has, it's like a tool that if used well is actually very handy. So we always, everyone thinks that attachment, because you remember, like, if you look at, if you listen to people who are very spiritual, they say, chill, man, relax, like, go, be present, mm. you know, smoke weed and, like, let, don't care about it. Is that anything. your definition of a spiritual person, guys? Well, like, a lot of the time, that's what they're like, let go, like, yeah. and, and it feels like they don't get obsessed about stuff and they're mm. not, they, they, don't take, they don't take on as much responsibility in a way. You know, it's like the, the way out for them is not be a part of society mm. in mm. a way and do their own thing rather than, you know, thrive in the chaotic environment like adapt so part of me feels like attachment is good if you know how to use it and how it works so I've, uh, this is the way i believe it's like levels right so step number one is you recognize that these attachments um you don't actually you don't know any of this exists so you just kind of go through life and you're just getting attached to all these narratives and ideas and like 
all this toxic shit and you're just getting pulled everywhere. You're just getting fucked by society, right? You're getting obliterated. And like, you're, you're just confused and you're probably going to end yeah. up with like a 50-year-old dude and you're like messed up and you like have a midlife Wait, crisis. could that person not just be just content and then just... That, that, some people could go through that and yeah. be completely fine, yeah. right? I, I truly believe that. But I think there's a large... I want to say a large majority, a, a significant portion probably of Probably now, especially nowadays because there's so much information on the internet. Yeah, back in the day, you could probably just chill with yeah. that because you didn't get bombarded by all this information. No. Spot on. You let's say you're the, the you're the town uh, blacksmith or the baker. Yep. You know your small community. You know your role yep. thing. You become incredibly Great life, respected. Good family. You know, bam, bam. That person's Great probably life. very set up a family, and then his sons take on his business. Great, brilliant. Pass on the legacy. That's not overcomplicating anything. No. He, he didn't study Stoicism. No. He didn't look at Eastern philosophy. No. And I think that's why people were probably... And he probably people was. People always talk about that. The, the, the people were much happier. They, the, the theory was that people were much happier back then, yeah. right? But at the same time now, like you said, with society evolving, we have more... We, we know what else is out there, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, look at Instagram. Holy shit, that yeah. guy has like three Lambos and stuff. How did he do that? And then they start throwing stuff about all these motivational quotes <laughs> and stuff. And they're like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> here we go. Right? Yeah, comparing. Yeah, so, so, so step number one, or the bottom layer is actually not knowing any of this exists, which yeah. nowadays I think is pretty bad in mm. the way that you're just getting dragged all over the place. You're mm. like the, if you were to tie that back to league, you're just kind of going through the system, blaming teammates, and you're just not even aware that you're doing it. You're kind of just like, and when they watch one of my psychology videos, like, holy shit, you know, he's right. But then the next level is, okay, interesting. I'm going to reflect here and see kind of like what's happening right now. And I can just plug, unplug. I can just screw it. I'm actually not going to try and fine tune it and balance it and, and, and put a lot of care into this stuff and try and optimize it. I'm just going to not care about anything. You know, I'm just going to like, fuck it. Like, what's the point? If all this stuff exists and there's all this negativity and all this Instagram and comparing, whatever it is, I'm just going to unplug, be spiritual and whatever it is and kind of unplug from that. That's kind of like an easy way out, right? Mm. It's like, it's, it's an easier way. To, that's where people get into drugs and things. I think mm. it's like unplug, get out mm. of it. I don't want to deal with it. Be that. like minimalist and go living on like a thing. I'm living on a in a caravan, traveling right. on a thing or something like that. Then there's like the third layer. It's like okay, so I understand I have these issues or like these things exist. I now understand that um, how they're affecting my life and that there are probably tools to be able to to deal with this. Rather than taking the easy way, out, I'm actually going to get into the details and figure out a way to balance this out. So I can still care about things I really want to care about, but with intention and navigate my world using all these tools. Take a little bit here from this bit of philosophy. Take a little bit here. Listen to Nathan's video and learn this. And just, just you know, take bits and pieces from everywhere and become very like intentional with what you do. So yes, maybe you are going to recognize you have a bit of an attachment to that, but is it that bad? Maybe mm. you're just going to leave it. Maybe that is going to be the way it's so deep in your identity because you're operating. That's just the way it is, right? But I don't know. Um, but I feel like that's the third layer. And I feel like that's very challenging to do. Mm. So would you say, let's say your goal of getting rank one would be the third layer? Yeah, I mean, I understand that it's... I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you. If my goal, goal, main goal was to get rank one, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. I'd be spending a ridiculous amount of time playing solo. solo I've got other responsibilities to deal with. It's it's a side goal. Yeah, it's, it's like a little side mission. It's a little side mission at the end of the day, you know, but... I think my main goal would be 
right now anyway in, in regards to solo queue is to express my best self that's yeah. step number one yeah. i'm not thinking about getting rank one if i can't even express my best self right you'll do the best you can with the time constraints you have and your other goals right because i have I, I have a you know i'm running the midland academy i have a livelihood you know i've got to look after myself yeah um and i've got other responsibilities so i wouldn't I'd be lying if I said to you that that was my main goal in my life was to get rank one. I'm not a young 16-year-old kid trying to get rank one and be a world champion. That's not what I'm doing right now. Mm. If I was a young 16-year-old kid trying to be a world champion, I wouldn't be having a weekend. I, I wouldn't be spending all this time with my... I wouldn't even have a girlfriend and I would probably be all leaning on only doing that. Mm. So um, I think what I'm trying to get at here and where this is all going and to tie, wrap it up from my perspective anyway is that... I think right here, Stephen went from level one mm. to not knowing any of this is really happening. Going just re- going just reacting, it, just reacting, getting angry. Reactive. Angry and if you're purely reactive to all this stuff, you get fucking yeah. torn over the place. Yeah. You're, just, you're just so screwed. You're getting torn by... Your relationship with I mean, it sounds like his relationship was affected with his girlfriend, just struggling to navigate the world, maybe even the workplace, everything. Workplace, right? relationships, professional life, League of Legends, everything will be tough. Because it won't make sense. Nothing. No. You don't. You're not understanding the fundamentals in a way. Mm. But like you said, mindfulness is the step. Is the next mm. key. So that's that's layer two, right? Mindfulness is layer two. Okay, interesting. This is what's happening when I do that. This is the trend when I do this sort of thing. At least of this sort of thing. Mindfulness is the, is the second step. Then that third step is given what's happened in the past. Given my mindfulness, what tools or or, or what toolkit can I develop? What things can I take from other areas to tie this all together neatly? to try and navigate my life. And I think that's where he's at right now. He's like, holy shit, do I listen to the Eastern philosophy, which is that whole no attachment whatsoever. I just don't believe in that. I just don't. I think it's nonsense. Hmm. If you want to do well, that, that Eastern, Eastern philosophy sums up that all suffering is due to attachment or desire. Yeah, but what is that? Okay, let's actually, de- if you dissect that, look, I'm not, a, I'm not a philosopher here, but if you dissect that, you can't, like, okay, what was the other thing we said before where, you can't when it comes to attachment there's good with it as well there is yeah. there's bad i mean suffering we think that's Suffering's a good very sometimes. good thing in in if you want to run a hundred mile marathon is it going to be all sunshine and rainbows or if you want to get stronger at the gym mm. or you want to get better at league maybe it's talking more about emotional maybe not physical but that's an it's still an emotional thing emotional, when, you're, when you're running a when you're pushing suffering is the key to success in many areas yeah, i think yeah. it's unavoidable yeah um, that builds strength. It builds character. You need strength to be very good at well, something. We, you, to get where we are right now, we would we had to suffer mm. in many areas of our life. And we had to attach to certain ideas. We had to. It's true, to have those it? painful experiences yeah. to learn. We were attached to the idea that esports was going to be, you know, it was a huge, great business, going to be super successful, right? Yep. And then we they, we completely destroyed that narrative and that we got our worlds got destroyed. We got, our worlds got destroyed. We had to start from scratch we again. We had to start from scratch again. But that was great because we learned some powerful lessons. And we wouldn't have got as far as we did with Direwolves no if we weren't attached and we believed in it. Well, if we, were, so if we were blindly attached to that, which we were mm. for an extended period of time, we would have got obliterated. That's right. That's true as well. So it's like, again, it's like understanding the factors at play. It's, it's understanding. Yeah, just put it to our experiences, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got to have that. Back. That's why I don't believe in... Like, look, that's what I, I like. I like elements of it. I like elements of Eastern philosophy and elements of you know the West and stuff like that. But... That whole thing, like he's saying right now, he's going down that rabbit hole with Steve. I mean, look, I'm, I don't want to psychoanalyze this guy, but it <laughs> seems like he's going down that rabbit hole, yeah. the Eastern philosophy. Don't attach to anything, you know, chill and um, 
you're not going to suffer that way. But I just don't believe you can do anything meaningful that way. Mm. Which is interesting. Definitely an interesting line of thought. Great question, Stephen. It's good to hear that you're sort of, you know, recovering from uh, mm. raging Stephen, as you call it. All right. Moving on here. This one is from Daniel... Hi, Curtis and Nathan. The email, the title of this email is called Figuring Things Out for Myself. I'm a huge fan of the show. Thanks for pumping out such high quality and entertaining content so consistently. I'm in Hecarim Jungle, and I feel disheartened by how I never do nearly as much champion damage as my laners, most of the time unless I am single-handedly carrying the game, which I feel like is linked to me not understanding my champion identity correctly. Whether that's me not taking the right fights or not playing properly in skirmishes to lay out my full damage output potential. My question is, how do I properly sit down and figure things out for myself? Like champion identity and improving champion mastery without ending up with bad invisible narratives and on a broader scale, how can I avoid creating invisible narratives by attempting to think critically but missing the mark in the end when I'm reflecting on past mistakes? I've had a similar question in 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 ways mm, figuring out things. Yeah, they're themselves. like, how do I how do I how do I review this? Mm. And look, I, look, we 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 give tips, right? We we give our take on the champion's identity. We t- we hint at where players should direct their attention. Look, I've really tried to figure this out, and at the end of the day, I mean, that's just you just lack experience. Like it's kind of like, it, it, I mean, an analogy would be. You're not going to be able to figure out how to build, like, just cook this amazing cake if you haven't had the experience of making thousands of cakes before. Like, if you tasted this amazing cake, right? Say this amazing chef just, like, made you this cake. You're not going to be able to reverse engineer how this cake was made because you just don't have enough experience. Mm. Where if, like, an, if, if an amazing pastry chef... Tasted it, they'll be like, oh, okay, they probably used that ingredient in that way. They did the icing like that, blah, blah, blah. Even if you had that recipe to that cake, you probably still would, you would never get it to the same level still. Yeah, there's that as well. And that's like talking about like theory on League of Legends. Like, you got to do it. You know, you can't just watch our videos all yeah. the time. So I think, look, the what I usually say is this. Have a hypothesis. And I, there's a few tips. I mean, I, I, I think the biggest tips I would give if you really just want to try and figure out things for your own is watch our guides on the champion and you'll see kind of things and how we talk about ability identities and stuff like that. Go back to reverse engineering. So reverse engineer problems. If you went through, if you, if something felt bad or something did go bad, go back from that point before and say, okay, how did it get to this point? Did I not see this opportunity? Um, did I, did I skip a camp when I didn't need to? Did I do this full clear when I could have done something else? Whatever it is, kind of reverse engineer why that went into a bad situation. Or did you not jungle track? Whatever it was. So kind of reverse engineer either by feel or by um, looking at a bad situation and going backwards. And I would also say, bring it back to Nathan's fundamentals. Nathan's um, soul twos. So was it so soul two sins and stuff like that? Mm. What is it? Soul two sins and soul two principles. Principles. Bring it back to the principles that Nathan talks about in his videos. That can also be a very good guideline as well at the end of the day. But look, don't be too hard on yourself. You're not going to be... You mean, I mean, if you're struggling with your reviews and not being able to identify problems, that's what we're there for. 
unless you want to do it the long way and that's completely fine. It's just going to take longer. You can figure it out over time by playing a lot of games, watching a lot of VODs and watching our content. But if you want, you know... Yeah, like, we can help, but you, at the end of the day, he still needs to figure out himself, right? Again, same going back to the basing, baking the cake. Well, we, could, we could tell someone how to play a champion perfectly, right? Perfect. You're Oriana. You could explain someone to Oriana, but they're not going to be at your level No. tomorrow. You're going to give some ideas. So they're, they're going to start playing Oriana, and then they'll start fucking... I was like, oh, that's what Curtis meant by that. Right. But that's a loss. Yeah. Next game. Oh, that's what Curtis... But oh, I, think, I need to refine that a he, bit more. Isn't he saying, Nathan, that, like, he's making mistakes in a game... But he doesn't know how to no, review what? that. That's true, yeah. So, like, what would you say to that? Okay. So, I, uh, I, I have a really good interview that I, I, I got up for this, um, just to think about this. And the title, this is a Kobe Bryant interview, and the title of the, um, the video is called Failure Doesn't Exist. You can look it up. Oh, I think I've seen this video. Yeah. And in the interview, I asked, there are two types of players, she thinks. We love the players who love to win and players who hate to lose. And she asked Kobe, uh, which one of them are you? And he says, neither. And he says, he plays to figure things out. He plays to learn something. That's why he plays. He says, if you play with a fear of failure or a will to win, um, he thinks there's a weakness either side. If you play with a fear of failure, you will have the pressure on yourself um, too much pressure on yourself. And if you play with the win-win-win mindset, there's the fear of what happens if you don't. And what he tries to do is find the common ground in center in uh, not feeling anything except what is in front of him. So that's the thing that I love about league. Again, there's all this, you know, we can, we can coach this guy and everything, but that's why I love league as well. Mm. Figure shit out. Mm. That's what I love about, you know, going back to ranked. You got to learn, you, 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 you got a problem, you solve it, you know? It's the mentality you approach it with. It's more the mentality. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's say you got a problem here. It's like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to join Nathan's jungle program. You know, this is like a potential sales pitch as well, but like that's a potential solution yeah, a potential to your problem, solution. right? Right. I'm a midlander. I want to learn Oriana. Curtis is an Oriana expert. Go there. Who's yeah. a, who's that that Zed guy you always talk about? Zed99. Zed99. I want to learn Zed. I'm going to study specific things for his gameplay. Go to his YouTube channel. There is resources out there. Yeah. But you've gone out of your way. Again, like there's not this someone just telling you what to do. You need to seek the information yourself. I think the most powerful thing, yeah, what you said, Nathan, it's all about the mentality you approach it with. But I think what you need to understand is that it doesn't just come in a neat little package overnight. No, it doesn't, it's no. Like, it's just like because small I things. Might, I might say something one way. Let's say you watch Alice, right? And Alice says something and does like, oh, actually, no, I, mm. I get that more. Mm. That's possible as well, right? Yeah, it might make hearing it from someone else in a different way might make it click. Dude, there's even times where I've played a champion where specifically with Fizz, and it took me like, you know, 50 games of playing Fizz just to realize that, oh, wow, it, the way Mangrofish uses his Q was like this, and that's the way he interprets it, and then it changed my game completely. You know, it took, I just I had to watch the reviews, feel it, try it, feel it, and then eventually it clicked. Eventually, I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. That's what makes him so good. Mm. But you didn't really understand no. it properly until you actually. But did I, was, it. I was trying to search for what yeah. was missing because yeah. I knew something was missing. Just mm. the feels, like he plays matchups, he gets different outcomes, mm. and I'm just trying to pinpoint what it was. But I think what he needs. What was his name again? Uh, Daniel. Daniel. What he needs to be careful of. Yeah, it's not going to come overnight, man. I mean, look, it depends on your timeline as well. 
you know, for someone like Kobe Bryant with basketball, that's his life. So, I mean, it makes sense for him to put every single time and bit of... To figure it out. To figure it right. out. So he probably wants to do it in the fastest time possible. That's why he gets individual coaches. That's why he does all this stuff. For you, if you want a long-term process, that's okay. You might not need me and Nathan. You would have to get into the reviews, go into these people's VODs, look at all the granular details, ask yourself good, high-quality questions to help you come up with your own theories. At the end of the day, Nathan, we've come up with our own concepts. I came up with champion identity... Mm. Just I needed a word to to put in for understanding a champion. You know, we we've created these terms or these ways of explaining things just through sheer coming in with that open mind. Yeah, and our experiences like I have the crocodile mindset. The way you want to think about ganking, right? And that helps me articulate. Okay, this is the way you want to be ganking. Right, same thing, right? And you only came up with that though because you came in it trying to find a solution exactly right i was seeking how do i explain this how do i explain that but even like how do i how do i solidify a good gank in my mind ah analogies i feel like a great way to explain things right or like to understand things properly because you get to explain it and then it's like that makes sense look what i would also recommend for daniel here is look at the games where you did you did it well yeah, what what is yeah, what is what the, the great, well? what's the best? What's Hecarim? What's what's your really good game? What have you done? Like, how have you used your old? Yeah, don't just look at the mistakes. Look at when you did it really well. What did it look like specifically? And try and replicate that. Try and replicate. There has to be something that you're doing differently in those games. Whether it's on purpose or not, you might not you be doing things subconsciously or fall into situations that you're like, oh wow, this was really good. I didn't do this on purpose. But this requires you to to put aside your ego. Right? Because hmm. you gotta be like this actually wasn't me. This was actually luck. Mm. I'm not even that good here. Mm. I just stumbled into this situation. I just got know? a four-man all. Everyone was like, HP, quadruple. I'm so good. It's like, well, like I just happened to be in this area right mm. now, but how could I have known that this was going to happen, this counter gank? You might have rocked up for a gank and then the enemy jungle came and you cleaned up and then it ended up being really good. But did you know? Did you plan that? Or was it just by chance? You happened to be in the area, you know? Same thing. So that's what I would also recommend. Um, he said, also, unrelated question, is Nathan planning to make guides again soon? It's on the to-do list. I will be making guides this season, guaranteed. Um, okay. Um, also, a tip here, Daniel. In the early game as Hecarim, think about your ganks. Don't start ganks with E. Start them with Ghost. So what you want to do, your mindset, your best case scenario for a Hecarim gank is you Ghost, you walk up to them, you start auto-attacking Q, they flash, then you E after them, and then you finish them off. But what I see too often is you E, you try and knock them back. They flash, they are gone. You try and ghost, you can't close that distance anymore. If you start doing that, uh, I guarantee you your early game ganks are going to be significantly much better. And hold the ult. And yeah, hold your ult. And also, again, hold your E sometimes as well. Best case scenario, this is sometimes what I see as well. If they walk into a bush, you're in the bush. Just start off with auto attacks and cues. Mm. But what I see is people go like, oh, I got to E. e instantly. And then like try and knock them back yeah, or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100%. Like, people, and this is just a league concept in general. People feel like that a fight's happening, they have to bash all their buttons, right? Yeah. How are you going to use your abilities? Relax. Dude, I saw this insane Hecarim gank, Nathan. Yeah. I watched a VOD, and like this guy tried to his gank, and it ruined the game for him, and mm. he lost the game because of it. Mm. And I'm like, I've never seen this gank. Maybe and all he, he, he ran it down mid, and ulti, he like was so fast, he literally just De- ran down mid. He eed and ghost. I think it was... I think he was. I think he had flash, oh. and he eed and flashed behind oh, and knocked yeah. him back, yeah, and then ulted. It was unescapable. Yeah. He, he, nothing he could have done. Yeah, he was playing Victor. Yeah. into a Cassidy. You're like, there's no counterplay. Here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're leaning. You did the right thing. You just die here, mm. <laughs> and you just lose the game off of it. Really? Yeah, you just lose the game off. I of love it. that, dude. I'm like, what? 
I mean, I've never seen a hacker room do that before. He can yeah. run through the middle of the lane. Yeah, it must be. So I think what he did was he 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 ran in with E, ulted, then flashed and then knocked him back into the lane or something like that. It was something ridiculous. Insane amount of um, distance closed. So, yeah, I don't know what to do, man. Anyway, I, mean, I don't know I, why you'd take flash on, on hacker room. Yeah. But, all right. I mean, maybe it's a neat strategy to guarantee ganks, wouldn't it? Or not? Curtis, no. Ghost is the go-to on hacker room. Right. All right, um, moving on here. Um, let's look at this one here. All right, this is one for you, Curtis. This is from Cade. We did a jungle question. Cade? Cade. Cade. Hey, Nathan and Curtis, I've been watching since the beginning, and I wanted to thank you for answering my question a while ago on like episode six or something. My question is that I really enjoy playing Kiana mid, but I'm bad as I'm new to the champ and get flamed in game. Is it worth me staying on Kiana as I enjoy her, or should I switch off because of the flame I get in game? Well, what rank is he? He doesn't say what rank. Uh, um, look, when it comes to learning a champion, I, I recommend learning on a second account. Um, that is lower than your main. That's what I think second accounts should be for. Yeah. Because you're champion. not exactly smurfing because you, you're probably that skill no, level, you're, aren't you? are genuinely that skill level <laughs> yeah. when you champion, right? Yeah. So I would definitely learn and I would definitely um, learn it on a second account. Look, if you are below platinum, then playing Kiana is going to be incredibly hard for you. It's not a champion I would recommend below plat. Even, even above... Even below Diamond, it's hard to play Kiana. But look, you can make it work, I would say, in Plat. Because by then, you probably have the micro ability and you have the understanding of the fundamentals by then. But if you are below below Plat 4 and you're in gold or silver or below, then um, I would probably put it to the side. I understand that you enjoy it, but put it to the side for now. Get to a point where you understand the game and you have the micro and then reintroduce it later on. But if you if you want to stick with it, that's completely your choice. Do it on a second account. Um, and it's going to be a long, brutal process. I'll tell you that much. And by the way, I, just, I say this a lot, but when it comes to learning champions, um, you will learn them faster the better you get at the game. So if you were to say learn to or get to plat three or something, playing whatever, an easier champion, Oriana or a Victor or a Galia or Annie, whatever you want it to do, you will learn Kiana or Fizz or an Echo. You will learn Kiana much, much easier and much faster once you've already got to that point. Like it not only will, it not only will be, you have more success with it, but you'll genuinely um, pick it up much faster. So yeah, that's if you're that rank, of course. All right, next one here is from Carl. 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 Do you know what Carl Curtis? Carl Stefanovic. Visualization in League of Legends. <laughs> what does that mean? That's a good question, Curtis. You know Carl Stefanovic? Do I? He's the um the, the guy from the Today Show. That's right. I thought I knew that. He's funny, dude. My dad always hates him. My dad always thinks he's an idiot. What? That's why I know his name. Carl he doesn't watch it in the morning for his news when he wakes up just because of him. Really? Yeah, he never I used to it. watch the Today Show every morning, yeah, dude. Yeah. Anyways... Uh, Carl, dear Nathan and Curtis, visualization and mental rehearsal have become a key tool for top performing people around the world. For example, swimmers will mentally rehearse the walk from the change room to the diving block and imagine themselves taking every stroke perfectly in a race. They might also envision everything that could go wrong, like their goggles breaking a walk 
uh, and walk through what they should do in this kind of situation. Many studies have proven the effectiveness of visualization and mental rehearsal, including where people visualize playing the piano and learn to a similar, similar level as those who practice the real thing. My question is, how do you think you can use visualization to improve? Do you think people can effectively practice combos, playing out different game states and various kinds of decision-making? How does this differ from pro to solo queue players? So I think we touched on this one of the episodes. We have talked about visualization yep. before. We spoke we? about visualization when it came to overcoming mental blocks. Yeah. And um, I do not remember this, Curtis. Well, I, I spoke about it. it and I recommended a book because of it. Because ah. I came across visualization because of a book Jono recommended me, Making Lines Raw by Willie Rilo and one of the other soccer coaches. And they spoke about visualization for overcoming a defender. Um so you're so so you're a, sorry you're a striker getting past a defender or you're a defender trying to take the ball off the striker who's like you got a mental block versus and um we've I've used this for people you know getting over mental blocks with a champion so you can't beat a Cassidy right you visualize specifically taking this amazing trade so you take a really one this really good trade visualize this trade what does it feel like what does it feel like to beat the Cassidy killing the Cassidy or bouncing the wave, having it on your side, your jungler coming, getting the gank, resetting, visualizing, overcoming these these specific situations. Um, we had we did a lot of visualization with Shern. Remember, Shern visualized the, the whole first path of that game. Mm. And dive mm. versus Legacy in 2017. 2017, the OPL Grand Final Dials versus Legacy. Game one. Game with one. With Ivan. Ivan. And he visualized that exact for like a week, I think, mm. leading up to the exact game. He mm. actually visualized exactly what he was going to do. Mm. So I think that visualization at the pro level, we'll start at the pro level then, right? I think visualization is huge. Mm, very important. Um, well, Shern used it. Well, speaking from experience, Shern used it for visualizing jungle paths. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to do after that? What's what's next after that? Yeah, what's yeah. next after that? <clears throat> what happens if that's not gankable? Do I loop back down? Do I contest that crab? Do I not contest this crab? If I fail that dive and I die, what do I do after that? Mm. Or whatever it is. Visualize being, uh, how do I play a fight correctly? Like what's a really good team fight look like with that, this champion? Like yep. the, let's say back in the day, uh, we worked a lot. Remember I, I sat there with Shona, we worked, worked on trundle pillars for like a week. Just visualizing the trundle pillars, mm. catching people off guard, doing perfect precision trundle pillars. You could probably even use it for smiting. Yeah, with barons and stuff. I think probably, barons and yeah. smites would probably be really good. You know, the way that I do it as a reason that I could think of. I do you do do you do this right? Everyone would do this. What is you like? Let's say you do a review, and you make a mistake of a team fight. Do you quickly visualize in your head how you should have played that, or is it saying is that a visualization? Do you visualize like scenarios that you mis- misplayed in your game and like how to play it better? Yeah, you do. Yeah, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. I like okay. I should have put the ball here, and then I do that. And, and that, you that you you play that in your head. Yeah, I play you? it in my head. Yeah, God. it's actually subconscious though. It is, isn't it? I actually do it a lot. Yeah, <clears throat> I even do it in a game sometimes when I'm like when I mess it up. I like instantly play it out how that would have played out. <clears throat> Dude, you know what I do I, sometimes I like, in a review? I feel like a lot of people may not do yeah, that. Maybe they just don't do that. Maybe I think we take of, it for granted. Yeah, yeah, maybe we do. Maybe that's one of the reasons <laughs> I why. Do you know what I do in my reviews, dude? I'll literally. Um, dude, I can run through exactly what happened like minutes past that. Yeah. So you know what I do sometimes? I'll like replay this. Mm. And I'm like, okay, then what? This is gonna happen. Then I'm gonna do this. Then this is gonna happen. Then that's gonna lead to that. Then it's gonna lead to this. I'll sometimes play the next like minute and a half out of my head or two minutes in a review. 
Like, okay, because if I did that. Yeah, if you did that, you know what that, happens. Yeah, I know exactly what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, me too as well. Holy shit, I do. <laughs> Especially when I, yeah, when I do a review, I'm like, okay, like let's say I did a review today with yeah. Uh, Jack. Yeah. And I he he went, he should have played around top, right? Yep. Um, so he should have played around Rift but he went bot to gank a Twitch Yumi lane. And then that lost him the game. And like, I explained to him exactly what will happen. You get ripped, but, you do this, but remember, you do this. I'm not, I'm explaining, it, but I'm actually visualizing yeah, it in my head. Yeah, you can't explain it without visualizing yeah. it. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but I don't realize that I'm actually visualizing. I'm just You're vocalizing it. your visualization yeah. in a way. Yeah. It's a good way for reviewing, that's for sure. Definitely. Um, I think everyone could do that. We should at least attempt. I would say that visualization has a huge huge part in actually performing on stage like actually getting on stage and sitting in that chair on stage and beating that person mm, it's like the, what the swimmers or beating that about. team yeah, yeah spot beating. on exactly replicable in terms of pro but look when it comes to the average person i think reviewing overcoming mental blocks in terms of specific champion visualizing the specifically as well the, the, the struggles let's say of your mm. journey your climb right mm. you know what we talked about in terms of um of um was it psyker you were talking about mm. was that the the example where he, he's currently gone down to all the way down to he went to plat four and then he went back up to d3 or something yeah so yeah. wait he was d he was d4 d3 as a yes or one trick. Yeah, yeah went down to it's like plat visualizing four. that process like okay i let's say you're learning a new champ or something like that or like uh, and then again, you're like the D4 and you go down to uh, platform and then you climb back. It's like that visualization. It's like, yep. okay, this is going to happen. How am I going to deal it's with inevitable. it? inevitable. What are my days going to look like? What's my self-talk going to be? At the end of the day, what this is, Nathan, this is a pre-mortem. It's a pre-mortem. It's like everything it's that can go wrong. what we used to do in Yeah. So in yeah, I guess it's a term of visualization as it well. Is, it's like, it let's is. list everything that can go wrong. Yeah. And then we understand that these are the things like we were doing ridiculous scenarios. Yeah, because like, like usually a post-mortem is yeah. you look at like a dead body, right? Yeah. Like, okay, what caused this? But we did a pre-mortem. Before the dead Before the, the destruction of the team. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong that would lead to us yeah. losing this, you know? And we went down to like uh, unfocused scrims, like uh, asking low quality questions or high yep. quality questions. And it could even be like, it was even like having an argument because of this, which led to... Mm. X, mm. um, two players, these two players fighting because of X situation. This guy pissed on the toilet seat, which pissed him off. And then he's not going to go play scrims anymore. <laughs> you know, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like literally we were in debt. De- yeah, we did, didn't we? I wonder if we still have that somewhere. You'll probably find it. It's on, I swear to God, it'd be like on a Google drive somewhere. Jono <laughs> might have it. Yeah. Jono might have it. Yeah. We got to hit him I, up. I could probably find it at my house. Yeah. It's probably one of those, what are they called? Those paper things? What were they called? The, <laughs> the binders. No, not the binders. The... <laughs> The sheets that you put on and you flip over. They have a name. <laughs> oh, the giant ones. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, what are they the, called? Um, chef's paper thing. I don't know what you're talking about. You know. know what I mean? I, I know, know what you're talking about. I though. love the name of it. Whatever. Um, I mean, look, this is something we got to explore more. Yeah, I, this is, this I is think this is a ho- this is a very deep. We could probably do a, yeah. do a whole episode. I want to do. Re- we might read that book. I might read that book. And then. Which book? The Lion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a really hard book to find, dude. I was actually looking at finding it and buying really? it again. Because John, I had it from Jono. Yeah. And then I go back to Jono. Oh. And it's a he's DVD the, now. He's got the last copy of yeah, it in the world. Because it's a DVD only now. No way. Yeah. Jeez. I'll talk to Jono about it. See where he got it from. Yeah, we should explore that more. But yeah, it just made me realize I actually do this subconsciously a shit ton, dude. Like, yeah, the league, I love I, it when we have these realizations. Yeah. Like, we, it's something we do. 
Because that's where a lot of our greatest ideas come from. Mm. It's like, this is something we do anyway. Mm. Mm. Bring it to the forefront and make a, make a, a concept out of it, you know? But yeah, look, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to visualization. I think it has a big place in someone's um, journey. And I think it can be used in every aspect. The improvement of the in-game, the mental side, performing at your best, so on and so forth. Even, dude, I even do it heading into a matchup before I, as I'm heading into the game. That's what I do in the loading screen in a way. So I want to play Oriana versus Cassidy or, or Fizz versus whatever it is. I've, I already visualize exactly what's yeah. going to happen for the first three, four Think about how much of an advantage you have over, let's say, a gold player just on YouTube, just old tabs. But back I call that, game. but I don't call that visualization, even though it is a form of visualization. What yeah. I call that is like, having a game plan or you're hypothesizing mm. it and you have intention. Mm. Well, again, visualization is a visual. Yeah. So it's, it's got to be visual. But it is visual in my mind. The game I'm plan's visual. It, but maybe it's not for everyone. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So this is next one here is another similar question. The title of this email is called Reviewing Games Without Proper Knowledge. Hello, Curse and Nathan. Love your content. It's been very helpful. And I want to thank you too for helping the community like that. That's our pleasure. It's from IRF, I believe. I don't know if that's his real life name. My question is, as a gold player with fairly limited knowledge of the game, how do you review games? What am I supposed to look for? Judging my decision-making is very hard to do because most of the time there are so many things that went wrong in a game that it's hard to find where I need to focus my attention. Where am I supposed to draw the line between where my fault lies when I don't have the necessary knowledge to know whether or not it was me or who was at fault? I would love advice on the matter and look forward to hearing from you. Refer back to that other question, man. But um, look, it really depends up to him and how how how. Look, if you're gonna do it by yourself, it's gonna be a long, grueling process. There's plenty of YouTube educational content. So what I'll do if you really don't want to get coaching, maybe you're not ready for it, you don't have the money or whatever it is. Um, my YouTube, your YouTube, go to the Champ Guides, go to my Fundamental series. Um, there's plenty of other content out there on YouTube as well. Watch high elo vods to see how they play out things. Use this all to get some basis of understanding of the game. Then as you grow that understanding of the game, you're going to be able to spot more things. Because right now it seems like you don't have a deep enough understanding of the concepts to actually review them. Hmm. So you could probably do the basic stuff like here, I missed my skill shot. Hmm. This should this wasn't a good fight because my champion's identity isn't of river, river skirmishes, so on and so forth. You could probably get into the absolute basics, but there's no, there's no cheat way around it. You either understand the concept or you don't. Hmm. You're either taking the steps to understand the concept or you're not. You're seeking the knowledge. You're seeking either seeking the... the knowledge or you're not. And the YouTube, the videos are all there. But if you want to speed light, streamline that process, then you get coaching from a Nathan or myself or another coach. I, I don't think there is a, a, a way around this. Yeah. I mean, if you're really lost, I, I always find there's, there's a lot of answers in your deaths. Deaths are a great way. Deaths to seeing one death and looking at the cause. There's a lot of answers in there. You know, it's like... Questions like, was I playing? Was this necessary? Was this fight necessary? Numbers advantage, disadvantage, yeah, my plans, my not, champion identity. Even if it's not the most optimal, like, even if it's not, like, the core reason, mm. you might get a still good findings out of it anyway. It can lead you down a rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, lead you down a rabbit hole, or you, you'll get results anyway, regardless, just yeah. by minimizing deaths. Yeah. Are you, am I warding? Am I leaning? Did you go into that skirmish with that ultimate? Super basic stuff. That's still going to get you results. That's a good one. I, I totally agree. This next one is from Steven. The more I think about micro versus macro, the more I think micro should always be the teaching focus. The only reason I think uh, macro was ever separated was because it's easier to teach. What I mean to say is teaching macro can naturally lead to getting better macro, but not vice versa. Thoughts? 
I mean, if I think about the most extreme example, if Faker was to go into a gold game, he could autopilot just purely rely on micro and dominate the nah, game. No, but that's not a good example because his macro is so... You don't even... You still have macro. You're still doing things without even thinking. Because that's still autopilot, isn't it? Yeah. You're right. Is there a way for him to go in there and just have well, zero I don't like macro? macro as a, I, don't like that, I don't like that word. Is it just bad words? Like... You know what? I was th- I was just thinking. What is, I, mac- what is macro? I don't think I've used the term. I've rarely used the term macro me, in my me coaching. Me neither. The, o- the only... I, on- I would only say in response to someone else saying, oh, Nathan, I wasn't sure what macro to do in this game. I was like, okay, let's take a look at it. But I don't think I ever say no, it myself. Neither. Neither. There's just never correct decision making and then... What specifics, right? Yeah, more specifics. Because macro could be as detailed as um, getting knowing how to get a good quality reset. Or knowing where to... Is warding macro? Like it's not micro, right? You don't you don't have to like... It's definitely not a micro concept. Warding and leaning, they're all technically macro in a way, aren't they? Like, I don't understand really what macro is. The 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 more I've coached, the less I've used these general words. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't actually change behavior. No, they don't. And I've only used mi- the term mid-game macro because it's like a buzzword that everyone wants to know. It's like, my mid-game macro is wrong. <laughs> but it's like, it's like not that. I mean, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Every time I look at that, it's like, I end the review before we even yeah. get to mid Oh, yeah, I end the review in 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, no, there is some rare cases There is some rare cases, of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I get into that. More the high yellow, more high But it's specifics. Like, it's like, okay, you're not grouping with your team or you're shoving the wave when your team's like plastering for Baron or you're... You're on top side with no TP and the dragon's up or whatever. It's just some like real specific situation. Well, it's like a concept. You, you're not understanding when to group or when to split. That's a macro decision. You're not understanding that you you need to call to hover. You need to hover your team or you're not understanding the amount of engage the enemy has. I don't know. Get specific. Mm. But if we are going to talk about micro versus macro, let's just say macro is all those concepts and micro is purely hitting skill shots, understanding the trading patterns. Is that is it the target selection part of micro? Or is that what's that? Is that more just? I think it's micro. Micro, right? Yeah. Because there was an example today where um, I have I'm, I might actually start calling him the best gold jungler. His name's Phil. <laughs> you got the name from me, the yeah, best gold best... mid laner in the world. Yeah. Because his pathing is a, is exquisite. Like he's watched so many reviews, he yeah. understands god tier pathing. Yeah. Right. He has perfect path this entire yeah. game. And then just misplays a bot skirmish and then loses the game. It's just a bad Hecarim ult because he Hecarim altered the Lux that used all her abilities at low health instead of the Kaiser because it's more high priority target. Yeah, simple. So in in that way, he had all the the macro macro. I guess is that path in, and then just fucks up a skirmish. Yeah. I had the other way around with my gold guy. Yeah. He was like the insane micro. Micro, yeah, that's right. With yeah. no knowledge. I guess jungling might be a bit different. But I yeah. don't know. But yeah, like I, I think that. Again, it's hard for me to answer that question without knowing the specifics of the concepts. But as it, if I were to say this at a very generalized level, level, and I, I don't even think this is going to be useful, I would say micro. Because at the end of the day, if you can't control your character very that's well, right. like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Does trump. You know, my dad. You know, I could teach him all these concepts, but like he goes on, he can't even put his fingers on the keyboard. You know, I guess that's why. Uh, you know, there's so many coaches that can't get high elo because they just yeah, oh yeah, that as well. Yeah, they're like macro experts, but like at the end of the day. And I'd even beg, beg to differ that, though. Yeah. Because they don't play the game. They don't actually understand the specifics around macro. What do you reckon? Well, I just think that, like... It doesn't really matter that much, does it? I mean, the, 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 the so things important. that a lot of the coaches are knowledgeable on aren't relevant to, like... Like, okay, to be more Solid specific, key. they're like... 
the knowledgeable things like how comps interact and how team fights should be played out, but they won't know specifics about a lane or like how to play out from a situation in a lane or what to do, like when to shove and when to base because of whatever it is. Like, cause it's just not applicable to solo queue mm. a lot of the time. Mm. So they're knowledgeable in some areas, but that's why I think Nathan, if you were really knowledgeable in those areas, these coaches, right? Their knowledge alone should get them to diamond four, mm. in my opinion, mm. which says to me that their knowledge can't be good. Mm. I've seen atrocious micro get to D4, dude. Mm. Atrocious micro. Define atrocious. I'm scared you're over-exaggerating well, here, Curtis. Because Diamond 4, you need a level. You need at least a level. Look, I've seen very basic clicking. You know, yes, they'll hit the average skill shot. They're not, they play champions that don't... Like, they play like Swain, Mid, or Galio and stuff. They're really nothing. not doing anything special. And they get... like you, you, um, They get to D4. So what I'm saying here, Nathan, is that a coach that struggles to get to D4... They either have severe micro issues in which that's just weird to me. Okay. Which it could be the case, but it's just strange to me. Or they their, their macro knowledge isn't that good, mm. which that's what I think it likely is. Mm. I highly doubt that some of these coaches have that bad micro. Anyway, that's just a, a personal opinion about that. All right, before we get into the next question, I'm going to quickly jump to quiz out the battery. We'll be back in two milliseconds. All right, so the next question here is from Joshua. The title of this email is called The Peak Mount of Stupid. Hi, Curtis and Nathan. I've been loving the podcast and have been listening a lot to try to catch up. There's another catch-up person, Curtis. Okay. I recently heard about something that might be interesting to talk about on the show. It's called the Dunning-Kruger Effect. And it describes how the only people more confident in their abilities than someone who's highly competent in that area is someone who's almost entirely incompetent. Um, it's actually as a graph, but you can look it up. This, this incompetent person who thinks very highly of their abilities is described as being the peak amount of stupid. Or is it the peak of Mount Stupid? Oh, sorry, the peak of Mount Stupid. So it's like a graph and he's like on the top of the mountain. My question for you is this. How do you think this relates to League? How can we tell if we're generally understand a concept instead of being on the peak of Mount Stupid about it? And do you think you've encountered this phenomenon? Phenomenon? I can't pronounce that word. In phenomenon. your phenomenon in your careers, either seeing it in others or in yourselves in hindsight. I'm just going to get up the official so definition. So how does it work? So it's like you're so confident. Like So you think you believe something. You think you know how to do something, but you don't. Let but me, you, because your confidence is so high, you execute it well? Wait, let me... I don't think so, no, Curtis. The Dunning-Kruger effect this is on Wikipedia. Okay. The Dunning-Kruger effect is a hypothetical cognitive bias stating that people with low ability at a task overestimate their ability. Ah. As described by social uh, psychologists, the bias results from an internal illusion in people of low ability and from an external misperception in a people of high ability. That is the miscalibration of the incompetent stems from an error about the, the self. Whereas the miscalibration miscalibration of the highly competent stems from an error about others. 
Dude, I think this is Soliku in a nutshell, honestly. <laughs> it is. Isn't, it? <laughs> isn't that just Soliku? Stating that everything? people with low ability at a task overestimate their ability. So they, they believe they should be diamond <laughs> when they're gold. <laughs> this is, I swear that's like 90% of the... Should, should we just say League of Legends? The, in, uh, the, uh, the, the Dunning Kruger Effect 101. It's yeah, like a class you literally. enter. Yeah, they, should, they teach that at uni, dude. <laughs> it's like the, the best Soliku. case study. Dude, I swear to God, that's like every game. You hear that thing. You would see that. The Dunning-Krug effect is happening at, at all stages, every ranks game. Well, look. People overestimating their ability. I think you would equally see the other way around, though. I think you would also see a lot of people who are lower than they that's could true. be because they'd have no confidence. They, that's true, yeah. I've seen that a lot. Mm. Like, I've seen people when they're like, they're losing and they're like, I'm like, dude, you played well. You just got to take that in, in your stride. You actually, you're going to if you play like this again and again and again without... Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You, you yeah. just win. Yeah, again, like I'd say that to that Philip guy, the gold guy. It's like, okay, we just hit that. Yeah. He's lost all confidence. He, and they hit, lose all confidence. And they he said me worse. today. He said I, I, after that game, after that review, I played two, three blocks, zero six. And what I saw there, there's no way you're yeah, going zero dude, six. Dude, I've had those guys, and I'm like, what the hell? How is like I've had that guy. He's 400 games. I look at his, he's 400 games and gone from plat two to plat four. And he's playing well. I reviewed his game. He's, he's playing really well. well. Yeah. <laughs> so either you picked out the one good yeah, game. Yeah, I know. Played, I know. Or, or, or like I said, you just lose all confidence. Yeah. Um, which I'm going to work with that guy to figure out what's going on because I know there's some mental problem he has mm. there. Mental issue. Um, whether it's just the way he's viewing the game or some lack of confidence. But look, going back onto this effect, Dun- is it Dunning-Kruger effect? The Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, look... It's interesting because in a way, you know, I do think a lot of those young... Look at this graph. Look at this. It goes, so you're at the peak amount of stupid and then you go down to the valley of despair. Yeah. And then you like climb Wait, so can, up. Let me, let me read can this. Can try and interpret that, Curtis? So you on the y-axis, we have confidence. And then on the x-axis, we have competence. All right. So then it goes in a very steep, basically a vertical, nearly vertical, like a... 10% angle up. So you're actually high competence, but you know nothing. Yeah. No, high confidence, but Con- you know nothing. That's right. That's right. That's that's the peak mountain of stupid. You have incredibly high confidence, but your yeah. your ability is very low. And then, oh, this dude, this makes so much sense. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, I've explained this before. Yeah. This is, this. I had someone actually, oh my God, I forgot. So this is what I literally explained on my Heartstock video. And someone oh, really? actually linked me this. Oh, okay. I forgot. There you go. So, so what I explained in my Heartstock video was that, um, so people get, temp- they get, so they get temporary results, right? Mm. And then... That engages their confidence. Yeah, they get confidence, but then they, re- and then, but once they really, okay, this is the way league works in a lot of ways. It's like, what's happening here, I believe, why we see this initial spike and then it goes down and you go up, yeah. is that you kind of realize in many ways that like, at the start, you don't know what you don't know. So you, you, you maybe get a grasp at a very basic level of a few concepts, right? Yeah. You're but, like a pentacle. You're like, I'm a beast. Well, that as well. But you might even start to execute on one of them in one mm. game. Like, oh, wow, this is actually easier than I thought. Mm. You might get lucky or whatever it is. But then as you start to you play it more, you're like, okay, wow. I actually see what Curtis meant by in that video now. This is actually a really hard to execute concept. And then you start to realize... Wow, if I'm missing this, there must be so many other things. And then you go all like look at the 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 trough down. When you're at the bottom, you're like, holy shit, this is so overwhelming. And then slowly you start chipping away at it, you know, 
attacking it one by one, one concept at a time, bang, 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 and then you slowly improve. Um, same thing with the mental stack. It's like you start to, you're like playing really well and then you start to add one thing in, you instantly drop down because you're like, you're going to play worse before you get better, right? Mm. And then you slowly get better. It's the same thing here. But I would say that um, what's interesting about this is that I always say, well, I say league is a confidence game. Mm. It just is. Mm. It's just a confidence mm, true. game. Confidence is important. And we see this all the time, like with young kids, especially who play league at the high level. They're not actually that good. But they believe they're that good, but so they actually play at a much higher level than they, they could otherwise. And I think that this is probably much more apparent in smaller regions, especially in Oris, because you don't have perspective. Mm, mm. This probably wouldn't happen as often in like regions like Korea and stuff, because you just they have so much respect. You probably wouldn't see this as much in Korea because like the top esport players, they're so respected. And you kind of know how bad you are in a way. It's like, mm. I'm just no way going to be able to commit with Faker guy. Mm. Even if I would have beat him one game, it's like, he knows so much. Well, because they're versing them every day, right? Like, they're, they're getting close to it. It's like, oh, okay, well, he's just better than he's me. He's just better, but right? Being small, you don't verse him. So yeah. You, know, you think, oh, maybe I could, you know? Like, I reckon I'm pretty good. I'm yeah. dominating these guys. Yeah, I'm in yeah. right now, and yeah. I'm like top 10. Like, yeah. And then, you know, I could probably play in the LEC and beat like Caps and stuff. like. And then you get there, and mm. you get stomped, mm. right? So... What I, I think that it would be more apparent in O's, but I think it's it, it's apparent in basically every server in, in the high elos, mm. more so than lower elos, mm. because in lower elos, um, you're not you won't get that many results anyway. You kind of get capped out pretty quickly. I feel like, and I, I, okay, let me explain this. Go a bit deeper here, because you don't genuinely know. Me, okay, if you're a goal player, right? Unless you play at max confidence. You can only get so far because you don't understand enough concepts. You don't even understand them intuitively. But let's just say you're a master tier player or a grandmaster player and you play really confidently because you've been playing for so long already because that's you've proved to the system that you've played a lot of games, you probably have a lot of champion mastery, at least intuitively, and you understand a lot of things intuitively what confidence does it allows you to trust your instincts it allows you to trust your intuition so it allows you to play at your capacity especially for these very instinctual young kids so what happens then if you're playing with max confidence you get to play above and beyond a lot of other people because you're you're tapping into these instincts and you're literally playing into these refined instincts that you you know you've refined over over years potentially now, but what happens with them eventually is they get capped out. They realize whether they get exposed by a, a much better player who understands the concepts like perfectly, or they go, what happened to us? We went to an international event, got fucked by some like really good teams mm. internationally. Mm. Then you come back and then you have to rebuild. Mm. But um, eventually they, they, they burn out and then they have to get into the details and slowly build it the proper way. But um, for a player that isn't instinctual and they haven't developed or refined those instincts, you can't get that far doing this. You're only going to go from goal one to like plat three or whatever it is. You're not going to go that far because you haven't refined those instincts. You see what I'm getting at? Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I believe League is such a confidence game because it's so instinctual. It's mm -hmm. so intuitive. Mm -hmm. You've got to always use your instincts. In your, in, in it's, it's, like, it's like when you're dodging skill shots, right? Sometimes you have no confidence dodging blitzhooks, but then... It's like because you get hit by like one or two. But in other games, you're like, I just read this guy, dude. I'm going to dodge everything. Well, that's why League every is very Morgana similar key. to traditional sports in that instinct thing. So, you know, when they say someone's hot in, mm. in basketball, they just can't miss. They're feeling it. Mm. 
it's probably the effect of confidence and they, they've got that groove going, you know? It's the same thing with league and skill shots. You've got that groove going because you can't think. You don't have time to think when you shoot that basketball shot. You don't, you don't have time to think when you're dodging that blitz hook or that Israel Q. It's just instincts. Mm. It's confidence. It's like, oh, I, I believe in myself that I can actually dodge that. And you're, you're listening to your instincts. That's what confidence is. And league is such a confidence feel. It's such an instinctual game, which makes confidence mean much more. In a sport that isn't as instinctual, maybe in something like chess, for example, I'm assuming, look, I don't play chess, but I'm assuming it's less instinctual than something like league because you've got to take time mm. to make your decisions. It probably wouldn't, you wouldn't see the benefits of this sort of thing. You wouldn't see people get very far with this sort of thing. Would you not? With the Dunning-Kruger effect? Yeah. Yeah, no, because probably it's, not, it, no. you're not using instincts as much. No. It's just logic. It's like you either understand that or not. You either know the result of this move yeah, or you uh, Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I mean, but the difference as well is that's a single-player game, so the only person you can blame is yourself. The Dunning-Kruger right. effect is more prevalent in league because you you have that... You can create confidence by blaming others. You can always... Because you can disguise your mistakes to yeah, everyone else's yeah. mistakes. But in chess, it's not possible. It's if not you're possible. a 2,700 ELO player, if you're a grandmaster or whatever in that game... No one else got you there. Yeah. Yeah. If you're 1,800, you know, it's like you're not saying like this... You get destroyed by a 2,000 player if you're 1,800, you know? Yeah. Or like a grandmaster, right? Yeah. And that would be all good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more like individual sport. I think it's, it's more prevalent in well, league than Well, I think there's, there's, that's two aspects of it. That's the individual element, but then there's also the fact that it's not as instinctual, mm. I would say. Mm. So there's two elements to it. But I can't really think of another sport off the top of my head. Or maybe another task. Maybe like trading, for example. Stock trading. You wouldn't really see the... If anything, that would hurt you. Because you're just You'll be losing. getting excited. Yeah. You know, you put your money everywhere. Yeah, you got to be really <laughs> I got it, man. This stock, man, is going to go up, man. I'm yeah, feeling it. I'm feeling it. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, dude, I think that's that's very interesting. Again, maybe somewhere we should study more. Because, Nathan, maybe what we could do, maybe with our coaching, maybe we actually have a lot of people that have come in at differing stages on that graph. On the graph, yeah. Someone's in Valley of Despair. Some people are coming in with massive questions. Like, all right, Curtis, show me what I don't know. Yeah, that. It's like, you know, I reckon I know everything, show me. And some people are like, just help me, dude. I'm struggling. Yeah. It's true. People and understanding how graph. this works is actually quite important. I recommend you go look up the graph and see, try and figure out where yeah. maybe you are or think you, you know, because it's really interesting. Again, just Google the Dunning-Kruger effect. Do you feel like you're having, you're in that process right now at all or not? I don't think we're you're blindly confident. I probably when I was in Diamond, I was I was at peak ability because again I was living in my old days. But you mean peak confidence with? Low I was competence. in the peak peak amount of stupid, yeah. Right. And then I went Valley Despair. That's when I went trying to learn leasing in Italy and stuff like that. And then this season, I that's when I got the schedule, the process. I understood that. And you're slowly making and your then, way up. And then because I just relied on the the my foundations, my schedule, and the process to get mm. to Challenger. Mm. Um, and then that was it. Like I was just understood. It's like okay, I don't know a lot. Like I'm I'm not a challenger level player, but here we go. Let's you know solve a problem. Let's attack the problem, and you just get right. here better. And with the review process and three blocks and stuff like that. And I guess that's like the slowly going up because I'm slowly gaining knowledge and slowly getting confidence as well. Because right now I'm I'm pretty confident in my gameplay. Like I understand everything that's going on in the game. I understand why I lose. All right, next question here is saying exposure therapy in league. This is from Costas. Hey, Curtis and Nathan. First of all, love the podcast. I've watched every episode so far. 
I can say this for sure. You guys have had a big positive impact in my motivation to play ranks. Awesome to hear, Costas. I have this guy. He um, he messaged me saying, so he's watched every single one of our episodes twice over. That's a lot of hours, dude. He must be so sick. It's of like our approaching voices. like 150, 200 hours, dude. How many is that in? Dude, he must be so sick of our voices. Apparently not. I wanted to ask whether or not you believe that continual exposure to unpleasant situations in league can make you tolerant slash desensitized over time. So you can keep enjoying the good moments of it. The concept is called exposure therapy in psychology and it's used to treat phobias. It's like, you know, if you've got a phobia to spiders and stuff, you just like chuck someone in a room with spiders all the time, right? League-related phobias um, can include ranked anxiety, fear of facing certain champs, Zed is pretty common, he thinks, chat or pings. Is it worth trying to treat them or is quitting slash avoiding them forever a better idea? So so what he's saying is that in Ex- order to face these things or get overcome you them, you just constantly be exposed to them. Expose yourself to it, which yeah. is kind of what I was saying in With the, the, the first, first question. Co, was it? Yeah, co. Co. Just, just do it. He needs some exposure therapy. In a way, yeah. But I think it's very difficult to do that with a lot of aspects in the league because you can't replicate something. If you could replicate versus Z every game, that would be the best way to do it. Versus mm. it again, versus That's it again. right, of course. That's what makes leagues so hard to learn That's part sometimes. of the reason why it's difficult and why it's so challenging. It's like you might be, like, let's say, it's like weird. It's like, okay, let's say metas and stuff come and go. It's like, for example, Udia, right? Yeah. You know, Udia's come in. You know, like really bad champion, right? And then just suddenly becomes meta. And then it just dominating Soliki, right? But people used to play back in that. Everyone understood how to counter. Super easy, you know. Just like champs like Vayne and like Anivia mm. and stuff like that. And then he comes into meta, and everyone sort of forgets, right? Because they're not exposed to that. And then now, first week in Udi is actually pretty dangerous in high elo because everyone's just like, "Oh, okay, Udi, we've played against this a couple of times. We're exposed to it. Now we've picked the Vayne, we've picked the Anivia, you know, and then bam." Right. So there's an element of exposure theory, therapy to the meta. Because people understand, right. you know, that's how yeah, like the metas yeah. come and shift and go, right. right? It's like exposure therapy in a way, isn't it? In a weird way, yeah. It is, isn't it? Because it's like, okay, well, let me figure out how to counter this. And then, no, but yeah, but then, it, but then again, sorry, the exposure therapy goes away. It's not consistent. It's not like, um, I well, can like treat something, something forever. Well, you're scared of something at the start, but then you keep versing it and then it's not scary anymore. But then it goes away because then you forget about it and then it comes back. Mm. And it's, so it's not, it's not, you're not treating exposure. It's not, I think when he says treatable, it's like you fix it forever. But in league, you can never fix it forever because you forget because there's so much information in league, right? Like if Zed was to come into the meta right now, you would know. But Zed randomly comes and then, let's say he ults, and you just miss his damage limits. Well, I think we're just overcomplicating. I think it's literally you just don't know what a champ does enough. But we're talking about two different things here. I think. I think you're talking about a, a player just not versing that champion enough, so they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Versus someone being genuinely afraid of versing a champion. Oh, okay, sorry. That's right. what I think. Yeah. That's what yeah. therapy is. It's it's kind of like you're scared. You're genuinely a fear of. Yeah, that. and what I'm saying is that that doesn't exist because you you can't fix that long term. Because your your champion's gonna. I mean, maybe maybe it does. So what, so you're saying know. that like if someone's afraid of a champion, yeah. because it gets strong, you try and treat it by versing Zeds all the time, and then you know you don't verse Zeds anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That that can be the case, but yeah. like that, what I was saying is that it's hard to do that because how do you know if they? Yeah, that's pick right, it? and that's the thing. Right, that's why it's you, difficult. So you can't actually properly exposure therapy At, for that specific thing, but yeah. for things like playing ranked, I think you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but what do y'all do? Say you're afraid of versing Zed. 
You just do 1v1s. But if you're like an 80 carry and you're scared of versing said, then you're, you're screwed. <laughs> what do you do then? I mean, if you're a mid lane and you hate versing said, you can do 1v1s, right? What about exposure? So theoretically, don't we have exposure therapy to the toxicity of leak all the time? But but I guess that's not a... I guess that's not a yeah, phobia, is no, it? Some people would be quite scared of that, I reckon. And they haven't been exposed to it enough? How's that right? How's that right? I feel like we're exposed question. to it all the time. Maybe it doesn't count for that because it's like an emotional... It's like judgment. It's like that doesn't really count. Yeah, maybe it's a bit different. Because like, yeah. there's like humans in, human interaction or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that one, eh? Um, but I mean, I guess in a way, exposure theory for me and you is like... In terms of like toxicity and chat, it doesn't phase us at all no, anymore. Because it's it, like I understand no. what, where that guy's coming yeah. from. You know, he's frustrated. Yeah. He's trying oh, to blame someone. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it does get to me, but it's not like nowhere near as what it would used to phase. Was it used to phase you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you do exposure therapy to like spiders doesn't mean you're gonna like be able to eat spiders. Yeah, like that. you're still gonna be like, yeah. yeah, it's kind of creepy. But you're not super scared you're not like, of them. Fuck. Yeah, like like you pass out or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like the treatment's not QR. It's not a cure. It's yeah. like a, it's like a, it's like a desensitizing in a way. Mm. But yeah, I think that's the the spot. That's the best thing you can do for losing and have fear of ranked. Yeah, spot on exposure therapy, dude. But the the, the thing with exposure therapy is someone else does it for you. The crazy thing about league, you got to do it yourself. Like you're the only one that can click that play button, unless someone comes on your computer, like shackles you to the chair, <laughs> presses play. You got to play this game. You have to play this game. You have to because you're gonna lose LV. You got to win. You got to play this one now, dude. I'll do that if like, if say you had ranked anxiety, I'd like come on, like sneak on your computer. You're in champ select. I picked a champion. You got to go. That would be a great way, dude. Imagine if you had like a roommate who was like scared of rank. Yeah, to like learn a champion, dude. You just, you just pick the champion just for pick you. pick him. Yeah. Dude, that would be hilarious. <laughs> All right, next question here is from Nico. Have we done a Nico before? I don't know. This is Nico from Finland. Do you know a Nico from Finland, Curtis? He's the best mate. Yo, what's up, guys? I'm Nico, and I love your podcast from Finland. I don't know the accent of Finland people. I'm sorry. Um, my question to you is how many games a week... At minimum, should I be playing League to maintain form to be able to improve slightly in Diamond 3, ELO, with a mechanical champ pool like Yone and Yas, Yasuo? Uh, right now, my schedule is to play four blocks of three a week. I review after each game and assess learning objectives. I'm just not sure if I'm playing enough League to maintain my form and mechanics. I've had a really big problem with autopiloting and spamming games in the past, so I'm trying my best to stay away from all that now, but I need tips to find the right balance. Thanks, guys. Dude, I've... So, I've been stagnating my solo queue. I just haven't played that much. How much have you been playing? I've only played... Since the last BBC, I've played, like, four blocks. So, the same thing. Four blocks of three. And I I don't feel any better. Yeah. Um, So, look, in my mind, you'd have to at least play five. You think the minimum at least five? So, that's... A diamond. We're talking a diamond games. level here. Fifteen games a week, at least. Man, at a minimum. I mean, you could, you could. I reckon you could manage and flatline with four or four, you know, you could, you could flatline it. So two, three game blocks a day would be. Actually, you know 14. what I would rather. You're thinking about this, by the way. Yeah. If possible, doing two three game blocks on one day would be better than doing two one three game block on two separate days. You realize that. In my experience, you just, it's like you got to complete that learning cycle, dude. You just, okay, the first two games of your first block, 
Well, your first game is large. You're just going to be getting into it. Mm. Yes, you're going to be playing with intensity as much as you can, but you're still not warm, warmed up, you know? So you play that first game. Your second, second game, you're getting into it. Your third game, you're in the thick of it. Now you're warmed up. You've, you're done. Mm. You're in the, you've, you've had that, those mm. league experience. Mm. You're going to be able to apply a lot of that stuff you learned in the second block. You reset and then come back. Yeah, you're, 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 I would much rather that than one three-game block than another three-game block, you know? So if I had the choice, right? Let's just say I only had, a f- maybe I only had three nights a week. If you could do Friday Friday night two block two six games, Saturday six games, Sunday six games, that'd be insane, dude. That'd be, that'd be three six nine. How many? How many is that? Three six. That's six twelve eighteen. That's three three blocks. If you could do three three blocks a day, a week, sorry, that'd be insane. Is that possible? Three three blocks a day. No, three three blocks in that three days. Sorry. Two, <laughs> so Friday, six games. Yeah. Saturday, six games. Sunday, six games. Yeah. Six, 12, 18. That's yeah. 18 games. Yeah. I would rather that, that, that and play not at all throughout the week. Four days of not playing. Yeah, and yeah. Have the, that would be insane. I reckon yeah. you get insane improvement. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, six games, six games, six game. Mm. Rather than like you're doing a three block every day, which would be seven, four. Do so you think short bursts are better? I think if possible. Okay, over consistency. But anyway, if you had to do it that way, then I would. Ha- you'd have to be at least doing like five, three blocks a week to like in diamond anyway to get pretty good well results. you just said right there 18 games why that you said six you're saying five. yeah now i'm saying five because five days a week i'm assuming he can't play on a weekend got it got it all right yeah i would think i would want to be approaching the six game blocks to seven game blocks seven three game blocks so 21 games a week at least 21 at games least, yeah i'm gonna say 21 games a week if you can do 18 i reckon it'd be great but 21 would be exceptional yeah all right um, next question here. We'll do a couple more. Do a couple more, dude. I'm fried. We'll do at least the last one All there, right. okay? Yeah, I'm getting... This is, this is brain drain, dude. Again, it's like... So, you know how... Back to the analogy of the pest control. We're running out of... Yeah, uh, running out of spray. Spray for the cockroaches, for the problems. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We're going to go back and reload. We're reload done for the, the day. The work for the day. <laughs> going to go back and reload. Yeah, you know? It's at the shop. We've got to hear back from the clients. Make sure they... We're closing the core lines. Yep. We've got enough clients for today. Boomer trying to get good. Okay. This is from, I think you pronounce his name as Adu. Adu. So I suppose I'm a bit of a league boomer. I'm hard pressed to remember exactly when I first started playing, but I remember the Graves login splash. So I believe it must have been between the end of season one and the beginning of season two. I played off and on for the first year or two. I started playing ranked in season three and hit silver, followed by getting gold every season from four to nine. In 2020, I took a break and barely played enough league to get through placements. I got to gold every season for those years by probably doing one of the worst things possible for my improvement. I mindlessly spammed Udia jungle games while watching TV shows on my second screen. I didn't think about pathing, lane priority, or tracking the enemy jungle. I did enjoy House of Cards on Netflix, though. Don't tell anyone, but I think this strategy still works, (laughs) especially now with Udia in the meta. Uda can get you to gold whenever you want just by farming and taking dragons. I hate that. I hate that anal- that that summary. Uda can get you gold just by farming and taking dragons. It's like 
It's obviously true. Yeah, I mean, obviously, right? You get specific. I played for fun, and my goal was to get the gold ranked rewards every season. Now in my mind, now in my mid twenties, that's where we are, Curtis. Yep. So probably our age, dude. Working full time and married, and I'm getting back into it a bit. I'm paying attention to jungle pathing and proper clears, trying to track the enemy jungler and lane priority. I even stopped doing anything on any secondary screens. I'm seeing a lot of success. Though I haven't played a ton of games, I've noticed that the silver games I'm in playing right now are going very well for me. I'm reviewing some games and recognizing mistakes as well as keeping pretty good mental throughout the games. My goal this season is to hit plat and depending on how that goes for me, I'm eyeing diamond as well. Though I'm not tricking myself into thinking that's easy. A couple of questions. First off, I've been spreading apart my games, playing one to three games a day, sometimes none. Depending on the day, I have a couple of windows to play one game. If I get up early, <clears throat> early, I'll play one in the morning, <clears throat> sometimes one at lunch, and then sometimes one after work. Uh, zero to one nights a week, I'll play a few duo games with a friend in the evening or review games whenever I have the chance. Is this a healthy schedule? I'm definitely not spamming games, but I'm also rarely going in to be able to get a lot of games in. Any tips or ideas for climbing while working full time? Let's answer that question first. Dude, doing this one game thing every yeah, now and then, it's, it's not just good, is it? not going it's anywhere. Like, it's literally just that first thing. You'd rather short bursts. Yep, short bursts. If you could Three do all your work least. in a shorter period of time, somehow... Be more efficient. And boom, yeah, be more efficient with time and put all those into one three-game block. It's better. Much better. I just don't think you're going to improve that way, man. The way you're playing right now. And if you want to improve, you got to cut out the duo games with your friend in yep, the evening. Get rid of the duo games. Turn them all into solo. Turn your th- your random one game blocks into somehow into one three game block. Um, that's a, that'd be a great immediate fix if possible. That's pretty much it, right? That's the best you can do. I mean, look, look. This is even if it's possible. If it's not possible, if it's not possible, then you're just gonna make best. Good do. luck, dude. Yeah. Try your best. I mean, look. I. 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 I I don't know how you would... Because, again, we know one game blocks, you're just coming in, mm. you're going to be average, you're not really going to be that warmed up. Mm. I mean, you can do things to warm up, but yeah. you're not going to be optimally warmed up. Talked about that last, yeah. get, last episode. Yeah, it's going to be rough. He said, Second, Nathan, I'm very interested after hearing your similar experiences with Udia. What should I focus on? Currently, I'm maining Kane and have Echo, Rek'Sai, and regrettably Udia in my pocket play when it gets banned or picked. Though I'm also happy to dodge. I'm currently focusing on optimal pathing and tracking the enemy jungler. Still in camp slash objectives when they show on the other side of the map. Is this right or should I be focusing on something else? Any tips for climbing as a jungler and champion? Should I just spam Kane or should I expand my pool? Um, so, I mean, obviously, Udia is very strong in the meta right now. Still is strong after some nerfs. So, right now, he's one of the best champs in the game. It's like picked in, like, every, at the end of the day, every pro game is like Udia, Hecarim, Lilia, and, like, Nidalee sometimes is sprinkled into it, right? Uh, Volibear is coming in at Olaf as well. Uh, Kane, I think, is very good solo queue champion. Champion mastery on Kane's good. Rek'Sai, that's, that's a champion you need to get high elo. I don't recommend Rek'Sai for lower elo players. You need to play through, um, win conditions and, uh, yeah, it's sometimes, I mean, at the end of the day, game knowledge, you need game knowledge for win conditions and it's harder to do in lower elo. You want to be more carry. So uh, if you really don't want to play Udia, okay, I mean, we don't we don't want to be playing more than three champs. Champion Master, I think more, no more than two Dude, champs. there's no way he can play more than two champs. Yeah, and even with his schedule, right? Yeah. You should be two playing one champion. One or two champ max, yeah. Okay, choose, okay, this is what you do. With your current schedule, you only play Kane 
Do we have to focus on champion master? What we talk about yeah, that podcast only all the time. Be fine. Yeah, only can because you got red can and blue can, right? It's, yeah, it's technically two champions in a way. Yeah. Um. And yeah, efficient pathing and tracking enemy jungler. I think that's enough. Those two objectives are alone are a massive. You can master one of them to a ten. You're instantly like climbing elo. Um. Yeah, I think that's really it. And then champion champion mastery combined with those two fundamentals. Efficient path in around next objective and tracking the enemy jungler. That's enough. I'm happy with that. That's pretty much. I've focused on that a lot, and that's pretty much got me. I mean, I'm not going to say that's the only thing. Champion mastery got me to challenger as well, but those are huge fundamentals. Um. So yeah, span you definitely don't expand your pool. Stick to gain. Done. Done. I was going to ask Nathan why. Why is because you remember we played Udia. In the scrims in 2018. Hmm. Was Udi just sleeper? In no, a way? it's not because it's because of Chem Tank and Phase Rush. So, but you said Chem Tank wasn't that big of a difference. Because uh, how could he go from extreme OP? Yeah. We're not talking just normal OP, right? Like, we, he's like played at pro play e- nearly every game, hmm. nearly every solo queue game. So annoying to deal with. To, you said he was beyond useless. One single item. I don't think a single item can. I know. Be I've been thinking about this as well. Was it that just no one understood the way, like what his identity was, and they didn't play around his strengths? Well, was have, it the jungle item? At, at the end of the day, the shit. Was it that? I think maybe it's the new the new machete thing, the clearest or something like that. The new jungle item. And maybe it's a bit of the new jungle item because at the end of the day, the core of these champs like Hecarim and and Udyr and stuff like that, is they clear by three fifteen, so they're level four on the crab, but. A lot of champions in the game can't finish the clear yeah. by 3.15. So that's changed. That's mainly the thing. Yeah, that's changed. I mean, I think Udi could have done it before as well. That's what I I'm think. thinking. I thought Udi always had really good clear. Maybe not. Because you would go Machete and then you can't really do Raptors. Actually, I think it's the jungle item. Yeah. Just the jungle item. Yeah, because... Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's like sort of combined the Machete and the Talisman now. So if you went Machete, you would suck it to win yeah, Raptors. Yeah, you could do Raptors. But now you can do Raptors and you're powering through the single target camps as well. Like you can do like Cromp really well yeah. still. So it's like a combination of that. And Chemtank's also a very cost-effective item. Right. Very cost-effective. Yeah, I think okay, Chemtank so Chem- Chem- is a goddamn, is, is useful. And and the new champ, Force of Nature is an excellent, yeah, Force of Nature is excellent so item. Dead Man's is good. Okay. You just So that's the thing. And Cinderhawk felt kind of useless on... Well, again, this is the thing. And it actually is weird because it sort of goes back to my season three philosophy is I can keep up with farm and be a tank. Yeah. But theoretically, the tanks in League of Legends should have terrible clear. Yeah. And just fall behind. But that's the thing. They they, they get but tanky too fast. strong early game. And, and you have strong early game. And you become tanky. So over... It's so... He's just overloaded, dude. It's so funny. You say he's overloaded his kit, dude. And you fucking... No, he's his just kit. champ. Like, his stats is overloaded. Yeah. Like, how can you be tanky and do early game damage? Because yeah, of his and stances. And early clear. And Skirmishing's insane. Yeah, he's got the whole package. He's got the, literally the whole package. His yeah. kid's just busted. I can't <laughs> broken my concept. Can you believe that? I remember, you can literally quote an yeah. episode me saying yeah. how Udia's the worst kit the is so shit because he doesn't have ult. You don't even put a ability yeah. in a he's stance. The, he's, the, he's the best champ of the game, dude. His kid's broken my concept. God, dude. Again, if that's possible, what else is yeah, hidden, Yeah, what else dude? is there? There it's, has to be some other champs, it is, right? Isn't it? Chogath's been coming up a bit recently. Chogath jungle? No, Chogath mid lane and top lane, I think. Really? 
Maybe, yeah. It's, should I guess an interesting... Because of Gargoyle's stone plate and stuff. Gargoyle's is a very good item. He gets huge, dude. Yeah. He gets, <laughs> like, literally unkillable and he does damage. Yeah, Gar- yeah. We're definitely in a bit of a tank meta right now, aren't we? Yeah. More uh, For the jungle, 100% at least. Everything's the same. Now, Skana uh, also is back in the meta because of Ken tank again because the engage is too OP. There's so, no what, what mid laners are... And he can clear well. So, what does that mean for mid laners? I mean, Fizz sucks ass. Yeah, assassins are not the too assassins hot. Suck. Assassins suck. Yeah, that's why Nivea, I think, is... I hate Nivea. Nivea's busted, dude. Yeah. And Nivea's so good into all of the All jungle champs, yeah. No, I'm not picking up a Nivea. There you go. That's what I want to hear, dude. Sticking to my champ. And, and that's why the jungle, the tank meta will never change because people like Curtis doesn't want to stick to it, doesn't want to move to champs like any of you. Yeah, it's fine. I mean... Yeah, yeah. And then they can, 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 can change around. Control mages counter tank junglers, don't they? Because they just chop them down front to back. I like Oriana. It's still okay. I yeah. mean... Like, I, I think I always think of champs like Azir and stuff that scares Cassio. me. Cassio. Yeah. Oh, Cassio. Oh. Anyway. Scary. Got a bit off topic. All right, guys, that's it for episode number 43 of the Broken by Concept podcast. Curtis shaved his beard. I hope you're proud of him. I'm not. I'll be back with a vengeance. Curtis is going to grow it back. We should have done a little bit. How quickly? So you're just going to grow it out flat now, aren't you? Well, you can't because then it gets like all... I think you got to trim it, don't you? Okay, you want to trim a little a bit. A bit, but we'll see. So what's the date today? It's the 29th. 29th. Yeah. So... See the evolution. See you in a month from now. Someone every eight for the next ep- each podcast episode, just like do like a <laughs> like a little picture. Yeah, and like it's gonna be like a a growth. Yeah, like a calendar. Coach Curtis calendar. Calendar, calendar, calendar. That's cool, dude. That's cool, isn't it? You start from January. That's a good idea, dude. You cool. know, you like the fireman calendars. You're like you're like like <laughs> topless. Oh stuff. my god, dude. Curtis does that with his beard, dude. Sells the calendar. Everyone would buy that, dude. No way. No, the, no, the not Curtis. all these people's like wives and girlfriends, like, be concerned, dude. <laughs> it's like this guy. Like, their boyfriend rocks up with his calendar and puts it in the toilet. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. Oh, all right, guys, we'll see you in the next episode of Broken by Concept. Bye bye.